Hi, hello. This is the Bobby Horror Picture Show. It's uh, me, Sleeves. Hi, hello. Hey, it's me, Bobby, Bobby Babylon. Smoke them if you got them. We got some Slurp Fam stuff coming up. Yeah, we do. Uh, today we're we're going to be talking to Scratchy Record. The hey. Scratchy Record. Scratchy Thanks Record. For coming on. Oh, sorry. Did I come in too soon? <laughs> no. What's no, up? Me, mostly. Uh, just hanging out with a couple of dogs. That's right. Bow, uh, bow, wow. Um, well, you know, we're going to ask you about the Slurp Fam and the Bug Cult. How did you How did you find it? How did you find these weirdos? And, like, uh, what, what kind of has your interaction and perception of this been? Yeah, so I actually came to find, like, the Slurp Fam about, like, October of last year. Uh, my husband really likes Jake Fogelnest, and so he had, and he's also a huge Twitter guy. So he saw that Jake Fogelnest was going on this Twitch show, watched Jack and Kate, and sort of was like, hey Madison, I think you'd really like this. Like it has some politics, it feels like fun and balanced out by, hit, uh, by Jack's wife, Kate Raft, like you should check it out. And I was not on Twitch at all. I think maybe I'd watched a couple things, but like, mostly just to get an idea of some gameplay for games that I was interested in buying. But otherwise, like, I didn't have an account or anything. And so I just, you know, slowly started watching, and I started to get really into it, like, pretty quickly. But I felt like I was pretty quiet for a while. Like, even at that time, I felt like there was already some people who were, like, established chatters. So I felt, like, very on the outside. And I, I definitely sort of ingratiated myself by spending way too much money early on bits and <laughs> buying like a million wheel of praises, like especially during Thanksgiving. Well, you also took out an ad pretty early on. I'm yeah, pretty sure that's you had true. one of the first available ads. I did. Basically, like right when he made ads available, my husband was like, Madison, you know what you got to do? You have to buy ads for Biscuit. They'll love it. And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, trust me, they'll love it. So I was like, okay. And he was like, you can use my credit card. Just buy like a bunch of them in one week. So I was like, okay, okay. And he, you know, he's usually the comedic mastermind in my relationship. So I, I listened to him. So we bought a bunch of Biscuit ads and yeah, it was really fun. Just like, having like a million photos of Biscuit just like cycling through wherever you're like, okay, it's going to be a new ad. And then it would just be like another picture of our giant dog. <laughs> Biscuit was a legend instantly. The chat instantly loved Biscuit putting bees up for her. Oh yeah. Am I mistaken? Or was there like a photo of uh Biscuit like in a swing? Yeah. Swinging so there... like on a playground? Yeah. So there was a photo of my husband on a swing holding her in his lap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, Biscuit has achieved baby status, it sounds like. Yeah, she has a big baby. Sorry for her for the audio noises of her clip clopping around on the uh, floor. Even but... hear. But, yep, oh, everybody great. think about Biscuit. Oh is she do <laughs> I I didn't want to ask too much about it. I know she'd had some trouble. Is she doing better? Uh, you know, we're not sure exactly if we're out of the woods, but I have a much better perspective on her long-term health, and it seems like she's not going to die immediately. So oh, I would say, yeah, she's doing 
better, but we'll see what happens. Um, it's been a little up and down, but it's starting to feel more stable. All right, all right. Thanks yep, for asking. Because I know everybody in the Slurp fam's worries worries about the dogs and Biscuit especially. There are so many good dogs in the Slurp fam. So many. What uh? There's a lot of things going on in the kind of Slurp fam world online. You know, this this Bugopedia comes along, and then people are kind of defining you know, all that they are and their roles. Are, are you a, a Kate head, a, a, a Kate paint head? There's a lot of different things in our, our verse going on. Hmm, that's really interesting to think about. Like um, was, uh, I... was Kate, was Kate the dominant seller when you, when you get interested in the Twitch show or was, was I think Jack it's the is... perfect balance. I mean, okay. I really love Jack and I really love Kate. Like, I think that, like, both of them together is such a perfect mixture. I think that Kate knows how to sort of bring things up and do something, like, fun and wacky. And, like, it can sort of be, like, a great positive influence. But at the same time, like, I love that Jack, like, embraces, especially, like, earlier, I felt like the chat used to be a lot uh, meaner to Jack and he's always been like hell yeah bring on the trolls and like had sort of fun with it and been an authority but also has been super self-deprecating and it's humor that I definitely get behind but so is Kate's like it's a different brand of humor but like together it's great so I don't really think I have like a specific title I'm just like a fangirl of all of it I'm a big supporter well yeah it's hard not to like everything yeah. No, have, that, have, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it's an early show. It's 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 a.m. Has it affected your sleep cycle? Have you had to like rearrange your life to get up in time every day for that show? So, yes and no. Um, mostly like before. I think I would get up like right after seven. So basically, all I've adjusted is like. Now I get up at 6.55, basically just in time to, like, wake up, be like, ugh, and then, like, turn on my phone and open Twitch. But um, I have, like, a pretty good situation where I don't commute very long to work, and recently my schedule's been pushed back a half hour, so now I'm missing some of it. But, um, But it actually just fit perfectly into my daily routine already. I was already waking up way earlier than I needed to for work and sort of just hanging out to sort of like get my morning started. So it sort of just fell right into that slot. And so now instead of watching like, I don't know, dumb shows in the morning, like Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, now I'm, you know, watching Jack AM and hanging out with people. And you might be lucky enough that Kate might talk about Bachelor or Bachelorette in Paradise possibly one day too. Oh, I wish. Vanderpump rules, right? Yeah, Just the pump dump. Rule. But I haven't, I, I still have to get on that one. Uh, this one, this is, uh, this is fun. This feels like a real Slurp fam uh, essential viewing with this podcast. Did you guys, did both of you see uh, the, the play this week? It was on Wednesday. They did one from the Fart Flick Studios. I caught yeah. a little bit of it. But it was, it, I it missed a lot. It was just a little controversial. It seemed like it was a good one, though. No, I've I missed heard... a I missed a bunch this week because of stuff. But I know Fuzz did one, and uh, yeah, Joe, Joe did one. I think uh, Joe Puppet might have helped too. 
Well, I mean, it, it was Kate with yeah, her it hair was, on it fleek. Was, it was Kate, and wasn't it Jack, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Looking it was good just after. from oh, the Farts yeah. Studios. Yep. That's right. You know yeah, what? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, okay. I was watching Fartzler earlier, and Jack it's, left some of his rain clothes there at yeah. the Fart Flick Studio. Mm. There's a lot I of content. I think that uh, had me a little switched around. Yeah, what was I going some on? of it because I was ferrying Biscuit to the vet and back, but I got it. Mm. I should go back and watch the VOD. Yeah. What was kind of going on when you first found the Slurp fam? Like, what were what was the running jokes that you kind of noticed when you first got in in October? I got in just oh. like two months before you, and I, I'm kind of curious what uh what grabbed you at the start. So I caught like one episode before they went to Paris. And so I basically jumped in after they got back from France. And right after they got back from France, they were bemoaning that they lost a ton of viewers because they had been gone for a while. So that was part of it. Um, I am trying to remember what other jokes. Valerie had like just introduced herself as Valerie. And so I've only ever known Valerie as Valerie, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. And I remember that really well, actually, because like how cool everybody was and like not really knowing the community yet, but just sort of getting a really good feel for like, oh, these people seem like good people. I like these people. I like this chat and I like Jack and Kate. Um, And there was a lot of stuff about the syndicate, you know, in fall (laughs) of last year. Yeah, yeah. The syndicate was huge then. Real problem. Yeah, so like it was really cool during AM to AM to get to see a lot of those clips replayed, Um, like the security cam, like the Halloween footage, like all of those syndicate moments. Um, Yeah, just seeing those again and being like, wow, I'm so glad that the syndicate has gone. Or even like right when I started watching Jack's computer broke and he was trying to do like SNL streams, but like from his phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was so a really bad there, stream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot more like they were also in the midst of figuring out the Patreon. So they were trying to do Jack's cooking kitchen um and debating whether or not to do it on their normal stream or for Patreon. So they were figuring a lot of stuff out and I thought the baking streams were hilarious. I was laughing my ass off trying to like watch him make croissants and and that was my first real introduction to Van Apps, too, is like seeing her in the chat being like, Jack, you are doing this all wrong. And like not really knowing <laughs> who she was, but like figuring out quickly that she knew a lot about baking and that yeah, she had for, gone to culinary school. Yeah, yeah if anybody wasn't there, Van Apps saved Jack and taught him how to cook and bake basically over that. I mean, she tried, tried, but. Yeah. It was a little scary. You know, I heard a rumor at um, an, a, a little get-together some of us had a couple weeks ago that uh, when he was making bread on the stream a couple weeks ago or so, that, like, he was eating some of the dough Sure. Um, while they were making bread, Sounds which right. is hilarious because I didn't know that, but um, Kate, Jack, and I are all on the same health insurance because my husband also works in the motion picture industry. And, um, and so she had texted me like, Hey, do you know of like a good emergency clinic? And I was like, Oh my gosh, is everything okay? 
and it turned out Jack had gotten food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> and this was like the day after the <laughs> bread stream. So anyways. Uh, wow, scoop. Damn. Oh, what a dirty little dog. Well, it just made me think about that like crazy ball of dough that was the croissant. Sure. <laughs> I think that's what brought that up for me. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, and you've met these people. You went to BugCon. How was your experience with that? It was pretty crazy. I had some other life issues going on at the time. Um, so I was like a little bit weird, I want to say, but I had a lot of fun. Like, I was super lucky to be the recipient of the free ticket giveaway. And they gave me two, but I like encouraged them to give the other one away because I didn't know anyone who would want to go with me. <laughs> but, wow. um, but it was really crazy. I mean, like I basically went just because of Jack and Kate and getting to meet everyone because I didn't know anything about the bug cult. I've only ever listened to Jack's, ep like one of Jack's episodes of Doughboys. Like I hadn't heard basically most of the stuff or wasn't familiar with most of the people like I wasn't really watching a lot of Fartzler so I wasn't super familiar with his work even um, so it was like all new but I sat in the front row for like all of it for some reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, honestly as uh, somebody that watched the stream over the two days you were one of the notorious few women in the room as far as the chat was talking about it because yeah you were up front it looked like for most of it yeah yeah hopefully people didn't have conspiracies that they placed me there hey we got a woman put, put the Check blonde woman up front so yeah then, she's noticeable uh, if you were sitting up front uh, the entire time at BugCon, you were probably one of the first to get uh baptized with rain right so so funny story about that uh i did I was like, oh, yeah, all stand up, get in a line like he told us to. And then when I started to see that he was baptizing people with rain, I got really nervous because <laughs> Bug Mane had been acting really irrationally and jumping around and like spraying rain everywhere. And he had like been jumping around so much that he had tried getting on those tables and like knock them over. And I was like, I freaked out during that, too. It was like fine. But I was just like oh my gosh, he's baptizing people. Is he going to pour like a whole can of rain on my head? Like, I'm not ready for this. And so I like got up and then slowly took off the vest and like laid it over Kate's artwork because I was scared it would get wet. <laughs> and then just like stood off to the side and Rocco was behind me just like laughing. He was just <laughs> laughing at me. He thought that, he, he keeps saying that he thinks that I was the funniest part of BugCon. <laughs> I mean, I that was definitely that. a smart play covering your art and, you know, if no, you, that was you were worried about things. I mean, he did powerbomb those tables, basically. It was nuts. But it uh, was really fun. Yeah, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did not get baptized. What if you... I mean, I don't Sh think... Can you, okay, can you go to bug heaven when you die if you haven't mm. been baptized? <laughs> I can't, but, you know, I'm also technically not a bug believer or a bug cult member. I am still 
you know, I still have not technically donated to BugCon 2020. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa. I know. Wow, but does BugMain follow you? Popular hot issue here. You know, BugMain after BugCon did follow me, and Ooh. I was not following him. Uh, wow. See, okay, then that's I don't impressive. think it's not really up to you. I think it's up to Bug. He, yeah, that's true. That's the whole point. See. I wonder if he's cult. still following me or not. So he didn't earn the follow back when he followed? Well, I did. I followed back, okay. but I was just like laughing at the fact that like he followed me before I followed him. Oh, no, no, like, that's who achievement. Is this? But um, no, but it was really hilarious, like getting to see everybody like BugCon was honestly great because I got to meet people like Shake and Bakey and Shake and Bakey rules and like Cool Hand Sean who like rules and got to spend some more time with um gosh I don't remember some people's like screen names so I don't want to just like throw it out there because uh, I know their first names now more uh, but yeah. like getting to see like Skeleton Blood and uh just all these different people like your panel sleeves with Skeleton Blood was great did you get to see Mitch's feet? Were you there for the train stream? When um... no, I had to miss the train stream. Um, I had a I had an appointment that I had to go to, and then like I left early the next day too because I was I was sort of having an anxiety attack. But the sleeves, you kind of really assumed fun. she'd be into seeing feet, <laughs> and she might not have even wanted to see that segment. Well, I mean. It was just notable, you, right? Yeah, you don't have to like feet or want to see them to remember seeing Mitch's feet. Okay, okay. I'm just wondering, because, yeah, and you mentioned Sleeves panel. I kind of think this is a good merge into what we uh, we wanted to bring you on and talk about. Because, uh, I mean, Sleeves was talking about being horny but not a pervert, and then we're going to be talking about some Japanese TV show uh, that kind of has some pervertedness in it. It has a lot of spanking from what I remember. Oh, yeah, a lot of spanking, just like, and, and some of what we'll talk about is like, yeah, being called out for being a pervert. Yes, yes, put on trial even. What's, uh, tell everyone what you had us watch for, uh, for this episode, Scratchy. Yeah, so I sent you guys a couple different things, but they're both from the show, uh, uh, Downtown No Gaki No Sukai Ya Arahende, which has been on since 1989 and has 1,444 episodes, which is insane. Um, but what I sent you was a old segment called Pie Hell, and I also sent you one of their New Year's specials, which is like a, a six hours in length, but it is a 24-hour Batsu game, which is a punishment game, and this one's theme was enthusiastic teachers. And yeah, so, so those games are it was no that laughing. Old. It's it's like the Simpsons of uh, of whatever. You, I don't this this show's wild. It's hard to describe. Kind of, it's really fun. Yeah, it has a lot of different things, but um, but basically, the first one, Pie Hell, is sort of brought on and the way that a lot of the early ones are which is that there is a bet that is made somebody loses the bet whoever wins the bet designs this punishment game for the others who who lost and so um no reaction pie hell was sort of like one of those where somebody had lost a bet and the new year special is just basically 24 hours 
of no laughing. And if you laugh, you get some sort of punishment. And in this one, it's primarily spanking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a you laugh, you lose. But if you laugh, you get just spanked. Yeah. Which is but fair. there's been variations on that over the years. So, like, something I didn't mention is there was a year early where they did this New Year's special. And I believe it took place at a hot spring. And instead of getting spanked, every time they laughed, they got blow darts uh, into their butt. Ooh. Yeah. I think that after one year, they're like, okay, I don't think we can do that anymore. That was too intense. Yeah, and they're going for 24 hours, so they're taking a lot of potential blow darts. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, these things sort of seem like torture. Well, yeah, because what, I mean, they, they, they got, in pie hell, the guy loses the bet, and then it's like four dudes that just throw pies at him in his home all day and he can't react or even acknowledge they exist and yeah so it's just constant uh pies being thrown at him yeah and he has a, a narrator guiding him to the next kind of setup it's perfect and all the other men throwing pies they're all just like just whipped cream pies but they're all in like traditional japanese sort of stage theater wear for if they're just supposed to be blending into the background. So they're in all black outfits. So it's supposed to signify that they're like not there. And so he's just living his life, just being told by the narrator, sort of moving along like, oh, it's time to shower. Oh, you know, it'd be nice to read the paper. And he has to just sort of follow along with it and not react. And and that means that the whipped cream just keeps piling up and piling up and piling up. Did you it's, guys have any favorite moments from it? it oh, was, yeah, of uh, course. It, well, was, first, it was really funny, the whole thing. It kind of gave me like a Impractical Jokesters vibe because there's these four Impractical Jokesters just throwing pies at this guy nonstop. I mean, they like pied his, uh, they pied the freaking can when he tried to go take a freaking dump. He's yeah. got pie on his butt. Jeez Louise. <laughs> then like. Yeah. It escalates so perfect. He wakes up and he gets one, and then it's like the first thing is kind of he has to go out to that living room, and he's there. He's told to smoke them because he has them, and he's about to light up a cigarette and catches a pie right in the face, and it just kind of sets the tone of him having to hold like that laugh end that he wants to do. It's great. I I personally, my favorite part of it is when he goes for a swim. And then he get like he's like okay time to get out and, he and picks they up just that like towel. yeah and they yeah. just like pie the towel they pie him like and then they're like okay go for another swim and then they make him do it all over again so he has to wipe off his body with a towel that's just like covered yeah. <laughs> in whipped cream yeah he like takes the towel to like dry off and like dries his face off but all he does is just rub pie in it yeah and they're not too shy about um, nudity they they're making them you know get naked and then he's oh, having yeah. to get pies in the crotch when he's on the toilet and I it, forgot, it yeah. gets a little raunchy a little horny perverted maybe it got super horny there at the end because they started saying he was horny yeah part of the part of the whole running gag like on the whole show as well is that um matsumoto who is the one being pied in this video he becomes especially well known for his uh vanity uh, because he is very fit and works out a lot. And so they that's like one of the ways that they dig into him 
over the years. Okay. And so I feel like making him be nude is sort of like a little bit to do with that. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just, it's so funny to watch them all be friends and you just can feel that kind of cringiness of him waiting for the next one to come. Because by the end, it's really out of control and he's naked in the bed and they're kind of like holding his legs apart and he's just laughing, trying to not get pied. <laughs> yeah, that's the only part that gets a little strange. I feel like whenever <laughs> the show itself like directly deals with horniness is when it starts to get a little bit unusual and that comes into play in like all of the all of the episodes I've seen. There's like a little bit of something that I, you know, to me is like, ooh, I wish that wasn't there. But, you know, it's sort of hard to say like what's what the standards are in other cultures as well. So. Yeah, it's definitely a different culture. When, how did you like um, what was your introduction to finding these? And, you know, you said there's so uh, all these years of shows. How much have you watched or, you know, how big of a thing has this been for you? Yeah, so I watched, it started with watching Documental on Amazon, uh, which is a show that's current uh, that Matsumoto uh, hosts. And he is, yeah, so he's the host. And what he does is he invites, I think, something like 10 comedians to all come, to all bring, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what the, you know, what the monetary value would be in dollars, but I can't, but they all have to bring like a large sum of money, pool it, and then spend six hours in a room together. And what they are doing is also trying not to laugh, but um, they sort of like, if they laugh once, you know, they'll get a warning or something. And then if they laugh again, they'll get kicked out. And whoever's the last man standing wins all the money. And there are three seasons of it on Amazon now. And so I watched that and I was like, this is insane. This is insane. This is funny. This is like so weird. Um, and so it sort of led my husband and I to explore like, okay, well, what else is out there? Like, what is this all about that we're missing? And that led us to find the show that they uh, that Matsumoto has with Hamada, his uh, com comedic partner, and then another comedy duo, Tanaka and Endo, and then a fifth man named Jose. Yeah, so then we just like dove in. And now I've watched uh, probably at least 14 of the New Year's specials. So I've watched at least 14 of the six hour ones and um, a number of the smaller clips as well. So yeah, the, the New Year's special is like the equivalent of the Simpsons Halloween special, it seems like with this franchise. <laughs> I don't know exactly, but it's it is like, deal. it is a big deal. It's the second most popular show that uh, in Japan on New Year's. Okay, after like the actual countdown maybe or something else? Yeah, I don't know, maybe something like slightly more mainstream. Hmm. But, uh, I mean, they just have, they pull in a ton of celebrities, do all sorts of cameos, you know, they, like, really go all out. Yeah, it's, that, see, and, like, that's kind of what's wild about it, especially with the other one we're going to talk about. Like, Pie Hell's funny just because they do have a lot loaded up, and they have it all planned, and, they, you know, it's just the funny idea of having him know there's music playing and they're going to hit him on when the horns come in at the end but then the other one we're going to talk about they have like a whole village and everything set up for this whole crazy day of events oh yeah and 
there I honestly I think it's it's like a it's funny to say but the more of them you watch I think it becomes more funny because you really start to see essentially like they have callback bits every year there are some bits that they've been doing every single year basically um, and I think that adds to it like at first you're like oh what is this but then, you know, when you're watching it the next year or the next year after that and you see it come back and they're all like, oh, my God, really this again? It, it really adds something special to the yeah, experience that seems of watching. Like, like with, uh, so with the other one, it was a New Year's special, right? Like you're saying, the, uh, the enthusiastic teachers that you sent us? Yes. Okay, yeah, because it seems like there's jokes within the characters, like how they actually have one of them on trial. Um, I guess to kind of set it up for anybody, and actually with these, we might try to put a link or something, because these are a little shorter than uh, talking about a whole movie or something, but they they pretty much end up in a, a trial where there's whatever, I'm going to say uh, a ninja master warrior as like the judge and you know they're having to sit there and not laugh for a few before somebody actually ends up on trial out of their crew. Yeah, so the idea is that they were, because I watched a lot of everything leading up to it in preparation for this, just to like give a refresher, but like in this part of the show they have gone into a quote-unquote time machine and they're sent back to the Edo period. And so they're like made to dress in Edo period clothing and I believe it's supposed to be like a lord or a constable. And yeah, they're, they're doing judgments. And, um, and it's really, really mostly targeted towards one, uh, one of the junior comedians, Endo, who is a notorious idiot. He's notoriously dumb. And doing research for this, I actually was cracking up at learning that he's the straight man in his comedy duo, okay. which is like so funny to me. But yeah, he's basically known for being like kind of slimy with women. Yeah, because I, I can't remember the, the exact first person. I mean, they're putting like the, the perverted doctor on trial. And uh, yeah. everybody's getting to see. And it's really funny watching it, you know, as an American and seeing that the titles are popping up and then describing it this way. And it just always kind of takes this left turn that you don't necessarily see coming with, uh, you know, we're going to discipline you because you, you touch the girls and you're the perverted doctor. Yeah. So, like, they made these characters to put on trial first to sort of set it up. And they brought in, like, I believe well-known people to play those parts and that's always a little bit funny because often these actors actresses personalities whatever they are they'll like slip up on their lines which will make them laugh alone really easy setup and then you know they'll get punished for that so I think it was sort of disarming because they have huge displays like this throughout the entire 24 hours they have a lot of different bits set up a lot of different situations that they throw them into and a lot of times they are just watching and so because most of the time they're just watching and they're set up to make them laugh, I don't think they were expecting to get dragged in like they were about to at all. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what did you think of some of these judgments on the, the horny people's sleeves? Was the, the judge a little strict? I mean, they're all fair. I mean, the punishment, the punishment seemed to be pretty frequently uh, spanking with a, a paddle or something. I mean... 
<clears throat> it's it was essentially it was a a live you laugh you lose, and if you lose you get spanked, which is, is fair. That's how I play. <laughs> that's is, is that's how person, I play. The regardless. one you were talking about, Scratchy, is he? Because um, I mean, we'll just tell everybody he gets brought on, and he actually has like evidence put against him. Is he like you're saying? He's just the slimy kind of maybe womanizer, or you know. Yeah, so it it brings it up a little bit. Like it's sort of they drop a hint that something's coming earlier in the episode. They they're all sitting at these desks and they open up the desk and inside of his desk is an envelope. He removes the object from the envelope and it's a magazine. And the magazine has pictures of him out on a date with a model who had been on their show. And it also had printed out emails that he had sent to her saying um, you seem like an M, like a masochist, and uh, I want to tame you, or something like that. And so he just got this face of dread, like, oh no, because uh, he was realizing that the producers of the show had set him up, which is really common in the show. The producers will talk to everybody's family, everybody's friends, and they will mine them for information to use against them during these specials. And so this had happened to him before, and they talk about that during his trial. <laughs> so when his trial comes up, they, they're they saying, like, yeah, we have this evidence against you. You were, like, say, talking to this woman from the show, and you were saying, like, please send me, please send me oh, a pic yeah. of yourself. Like, please send me <laughs> pics. Like, I love that in the translation they emphasize that he was saying, please like a child and um and then they're like oh by the way if that's not enough you were also like putting this other woman who's also a comedian in a precarious situation and asked like she is the host of a cooking show that he was on and and he had followed up with her via text message to say like when I go back to Tokyo will you please come over and make that food just for me and I love it because it's not just him in front of his fellow comedians. They had already surprised him by bringing his family out as part of a bit. And they were right behind him along with his ex-wife, Chiaki, who they have used in many years to bring on and surprise him. Yeah, I did. So, they they were reading all those. They were reading all of those with his parents right behind them. That was uh, that was pretty good. His parents and his brother, yeah, and they also use his family in other episodes, like uh, of the New Year's special as well. Um, so it seems like it's a really good one to use against him for everyone's enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, because he's on his knees and they're showing these texts saying with him saying, please. I mean, he's he definitely wasn't playing it like a cool guy. And she's right there. And it's like the rest of them are wondering if it's a setup or if it's true and everything, too, with the fact that it's his text. Well, they oh, were, yeah, they were embarrassingly horny texts. I mean, they his crew so was horny. dying to every single one. Like it was, it just crushed to where everybody's getting slapped or spanked for it. Yeah, and they said um, they were like, "Endo, please tell us this isn't true." And he just looks down and he goes, 
it's true. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh boy, like it shows his mom and his dad being like, oh boy. And then, and then his ex-wife steps in to say, I defend him. And they're like, oh, what do you have to say? She's like, you know, to his defense, he is an absolute idiot. <laughs> he called me years ago when he got in a different scandal and asked me, his ex-wife, to prevent the news from coming out with an article that he cheated on his girlfriend. Like, that's so messed up. And he called me a couple months ago to tell me that he almost had a girl right where he wanted her. <laughs> and I'm his ex-wife. <laughs> like, yeah, oh my gosh. Doesn't his ex-wife have, like, a... I, I was she's like um, she looks like one of the girls in Kill Bill. She's got an eye patch, doesn't she? Oh yeah, they have her dressed up in a whole outfit, but in reality, she's like a pretty childlike-looking um, <laughs> television personality. Like okay. in Japan, she's sort of famous for being famous. Yeah, from everything I could research. It's so funny because they just bust that guy out for even telling um, like network people to get a job, get a show with just him and her cooking. It's it's. He really, he was horn-dogging it up pretty bad. Oh, yeah, he was trying to set it all up. And so they had they had a really good punishment for him, though. I think part of it is the public humiliation, which is, like, kind of a funny and, like, I think it's kind of a funny, good way to deal with him having been so inappropriate is to, like, publicly humiliate him in front of his co-workers his family his ex-wife and like the whole nation of japan on tv they didn't fire him but oh my god they embarrassed him yeah and then he gets the actual worst punishment if i remember right he gets a uh, the it's like a bazooka or something what do they the call ass it? cannon the ass cannon yeah what do you yeah. know about ass cannon sleeves um well i know something unrelated to this about the ass cannon but yeah. in this the ass cannon that was just a that was a man who had his ass full of like flour that he farted into the dude's face yeah correct two people yeah. were holding him sure. so he had to take the punishment and yeah it seemed like he was loaded up with flour it was a lot and i was wondering how like how did they do that but that's like a that's also a thing that they love in this show. In other episodes, they have um, they have done sort of a head-to-head -head battle between two people where they both have to put air up their butt and try to hold it in the longest. And like they'll make them do something like try to arm wrestle. Okay. This is great. That's yeah, I, just the the it's so fun. It's such a fun show. Like, I had no clue about it. I've seen, you know, whatever kind of crazy things from other countries, but this one has a fun vibe. It's kind of like Impractical Jokers, but it's a whole different thing. I mean, the yeah. ass cannon itself should be It's you like know, Jackass, and it's like if Jackass was also had like a whole team of comedic writers behind it. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Well, Jackass had uh, Johnny Knoxville and Steve O. But I just mean like a huge group of like writers, like setting them up for all sorts of bits because some of it's physical comedy. A lot of it is reaction, um, good reactions on their part. But like it's sort of just a little bit humiliation, a little bit of like watching people endure the pain, um, but also the gleefulness that they get out of inflicting pain on one another. 
and like because there are the five men there's in there are two duos and one normal guy like or I say normal guy he plays a different role but there's like two straight men two like funny men and then the last guy the whole thing with him is that um, he is always supposed to be like trying too hard but not funny so he's sort of the like loser that's like his comedic role in the group so I feel like with all the different things they have going on it's just like a lot to play off of constantly yeah sure. is there a I didn't I didn't watch all of the New Year's special from this one. Is there anything else in that particular year that's really funny, or is this like the all-around best year or just kind of your favorite segment that you sent us? I love that segment, and they also have another great segment in this, in this year of it. Um, and I actually called and talked about it on No Prank Radio recently. It's the smelly harmonica bit. Okay. Um, what happens is... They're the men in in the Batsu game. They're given a DVD. They put the DVD in the DVD player, and a comedian named Jimmy Onishi pops up. He's also in Documental, and he's a recurring character on these segments, um, especially for filmed bits. And he's dressed up like a monk, and he's sitting in a room. And a man comes in, and he presents him with this harmonica and pushes it through a divider and says. Will you please play this harmonica? I can't remember all of the context to why he's being asked, but Jimmy Onishi is known for having an extremely sensitive uh, sense of smell. And he opens the box, takes out the harmonica, tries to play it and immediately starts gagging because it smells awful and he's really gagging. And he's, so he's trying to play it and he's like basically crying. He's able to like blow through a, a couple notes really quick and starts like gagging, shoving it back in the box and trying to like pass it back to the man who's still trying to pass it, you know, back to him. And, and it's just this whole mess. And to me, it's like really, really funny for some reason. It's like really dumb, but I just like this whole show, I think is so funny because it's great at setting up the tension of what is going to happen. And then like, just constantly having it like follow through, but it's just so good at creating the tension necessary for a lot of laughs. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're, they're setting it up perfect for you to kind of think you know what's coming, and then it's just even better when it's fully realized. And like you're like, I can just see that in my head, like it's smelly, and the reaction that they get right away is just perfect. What did they do to it to make it so smelly? Who knows? Okay. I don't know. It's a filmed bit. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, they have that guy on a lot for other things, too, also just being, like, so stupid. Just, like, one of those guys who just doesn't, like, he plays a comedic character who is just, like, the absolute dummy. Um, and it often makes them laugh. And, uh, but he actually, that comedian went on to uh, sort of retire from comedy and become a painter, funny enough. Hmm. So is the whole show kind of done? Because you're saying you, you found it from another show. Is that the, the new thing with one of them? Is there any more of this actual you know thing going on? Yeah, it's still ongoing. Um, I know that there was a scandal a couple of years ago because on one of the episodes, uh, the comedian Hamada did blackface. And so that was a big no-go. Um, like this show definitely is problematic in certain ways like it's you know but it's also 
just like very bizarre like i said that some things i'm not sure what's cultural difference or not um it's i mean i found out interesting things for example like i was googling some of the people on the show and they had a transgender woman on and reading about her I discovered that like you cannot change your gender identity in Japan unless you have gender reassignment surgery um, like things like that that it's like a you know an interesting reminder of the of the different ways that other countries are handling certain issues well sure like I'm wondering how they handled the issue of, like, the germs that got spread when that guy farted out that flower. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. can't be, like, Pink safe. eye to a whole yeah. audience. Uh, yeah. Anybody, like, even kind of near would have been getting it. There was so much. So much. Like... Yeah, well, Japanese filmmaking is also a little bit notorious for really, like, uh, taking advantage of their crew. So, so what are you saying? Like you're saying lot. they like, you're saying they like forcibly packed that man's butt full of flour. <laughs> Not necessarily that, but I mean like uh, they make them work long hours and sort of like push them way too hard. You know, they don't have sort of the same uh, respect for maybe health codes and you know, okay. you, I don't sure, know yeah, if they have like, like unions an intern. Sure, sure. in the same way. They don't care um, if someone gets pink eye from from that. Yeah, but they do, yeah, like, oh my gosh, I'm, I really hope that you dive into this. There's, it's such a deep well, because if you think that's bad, there is some, there is some really rough stuff. I mean, what, I've seen them, like, do stuff where people are, like, being exposed to boiling water. <laughs> like, it's just really prank. messed up stuff. Oh, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> But it's been a great show for like, this is the show that I, in, when I'm, when I was like super anxious, super depressed, this was a great show for me and my husband to watch like before we went to bed, like every night for a while. Yeah. You know, like we, we have shows like that sometimes, like we're, we're just like catching up on something and a huge marathon and slow chugs. Yeah. That in the evening and Jack AM in the morning. Hell yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, the the every, I think uh, everybody that hears this, you should try to see the pie bit at least. Um, if you don't pie get Hell entirely into the show, because the pie bit's legendary, actually. And I I mean, you know, sleeves. We recently did that that BugCon telethon. If uh, if Jack Allison did a pie day kind of thing for an hour or something, I think they'd fund the whole. Oh my gosh, con. we should recreate it. But yeah, the pie hell bit is pretty well known. A bunch of people in the No Prank Radio chat seemed pretty familiar with it. Um, but, yeah, Jack should do that. That would be great. It would although work. It would get some money Although in, their house would be a mess. Yeah, they should do it at someone else's house. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. You also, uh, we don't have to spend much on this, and Sleeves didn't see it. I kind of told him about it. You did send some other stuff that I, I just want to bring it up because you you brought up, it's is it Ayanora Love Wagon was another show that you like a yeah, lot? Yeah, I think it's Anori Love Wagon. Anori, yeah, yeah, on was, Netflix. Oh, man, I'm so canceled. But yeah. Did, it, no, I mean, I'm just guessing. I, you know. It, it was a little different in like the episode. I did watch the one you sent. Um, we kind of wanted to focus on this other, but it's just it's such a different show where it was like um, 
it was like a, a dating program, and I'll just say it could be like a kind of an MTV style, maybe where you're watching them go around the country. But uh, it it like the one I watched, they're actually like helping people with surgery and stuff, and it was a little bit of a, a different vibe. But even though you know something that's not American, I was just kind of curious how you got into that and what you think of all um, that. So I really like Terrace House, which is a pretty popular Japanese reality television show. And so after watching that on Netflix, this got suggested to me. So I was like, yeah, I'll try that. Because I watched a couple that are crazy. And this one, yeah, they give this group of people like no money to travel through Asia, which is like, you know, they give them like barely any money to travel through these countries that are already uh, pretty, I don't know, poor that you should be able to travel through with not that much money. And so really poor resources, take away their phones, put them in a van, make them go on a road trip and like make them try to fall in love. But along the way, why don't we just like have them meet people in insane circumstances and make them participate in things that are bananas. And so this one really stuck with me because they are literally holding up flashlights while kids are getting like surgery for cleft lips in like in a poor asian country i can't remember like it's like two man teams where it's a a guy and a girl it seems like for the surgery and yeah they're on the flashlight and whatever other duties i guess yeah and they're supposed to be like trying to find love and they're like trying to comfort these children going through this surgery as like power is cutting off it is insane and they have other episodes where they've like gone and met a couple in a country where it has been a practice that men will find a woman they like and then go kidnap her and be like marry me Hmm. and sort of be like coerced into marriage they have like (laughs) gone and met uh women who were sex trafficked in nepal like in other episodes like it's just the weirdest show to find yeah, love I didn't, ever. I didn't make Sleeves watch the episode because, I mean, he's only gosh darn 13, and it was pretty yeah, kind of crazy. There's I'm cleft thir- lips and surgeries. I'm and yeah, it's, not, thir- it's, it's interesting, though. I'm only 13, and if this is the kind of, like, you know, examples of dating that I'm seeing, it's going to be bad news. Yeah, I will tell you one exactly. thing, Sleeves, I noticed. In one of the scenes where um, they're performing surgery, uh, Either the guy or the girl. I think the guy's holding the light, and I mean, this kid's about to Ralph. And the girl was the strong one that had to be like, hey, get your shit together. This kid's the one that's, you know, <laughs> in trouble here. And it was crazy to see, kind of, and funny. Like, yeah, of course the woman's stronger than that guy there. So good. Yeah, I just like weird stuff. Like, you know, I like diving into this like bizarre culture of reality tv that's been pushed to its extreme um and not in a way that's like i mean of course it's produced to be this way but some of the i just mean like the reactions that we're seeing from a lot of people in some of these shows feel so genuine because some of the things they're being exposed to are so visceral and like uh so provocative that it it sort of flips around on itself and actually becomes real again. Yeah, it's it's an interesting little thing. It's kind of jackass-esque, and yeah, it's wild. Speaking I was of, really glad to get to like learn about this just from your suggestion. I am going to check out more of them because it does. It's you can kind of pick it up anywhere, and yeah, they'll get you kind of going in a certain way. It's just fun. 
Speaking of like reality shows and stuff, Scratchy, you kind of have created like a a Slurp Fam Sims reality world. Yes, I did. It's on my computer. Unfortunately, it's been uh, difficult to stream it, but I did. I created a Sims reality with a ton of you on my Sims on my laptop. And actually, the hot goss is that Skeleton Blood has sort of wooed Kate away from Jack. What? Kate's moving in with Skeleton Blood. Wow. The other hot goss is Jane. She's evil and rich in the game by request sure. from Jane. And she just took a, a random sim that isn't even one of us and led her up into a very scary windowless bathroom in her mansion and took away the door. Just shut her in there. There's only a single bulb, a toilet, and a bunch of like candles and weird looking like murdery stuff in there. Oh, very oh, scary. I know that room. I I share a house with Jane and Rocco. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm not do. allowed in that room. <laughs> no, you're not because that door is actually locked, the so cell. you can't enter. You're you, the child, um, who's in a towel and barefoot, no shirt. Just like very cool kid, because you know you're always on your jet ski. Right. You're just really into the video games, and uh, you also live with Rocco, and uh, yeah, you guys, you guys get along. I mean, sure. The, the I real think... scoop was definitely hearing about Kate and Jack breaking up. Or I don't know if in, I wasn't aware of this. I don't know if they are. It's pretty wild simulation going on there. Well, you see, Skeleton Blood and Kate really bonded on their love for art, uh-huh. and I think. Jack and Shake and Bakey were like hanging out a lot, like on the computer. Uh, oh, so like can't Jack was ignoring Kate, hanging out with his boys. Yeah, uh, yeah, because Shake and Bakey is trying to become a professional esports gamer in the game. Yeah. Um, I also have Valerie and uh, Yokohama Bunny living together. Um, I'm married to Alphabet Pizza, and my husband lives in like a little back house. Uh, behind alphabet pizza and i's house the ideal and arrangement. he's in a clown outfit so he's really sad all the time is pizza a good husband a good wife or husband i don't know what we're yes it. you see we're a perfect we're a perfect pair in the game uh, because uh, she loves to cook and i'm a food snob okay okay so we seem to really like be like a match made in heaven wow there's a lot of things going on i remember it just seemed like yesterday i saw sleeves creation he was in a towel and looking pretty cool now yeah yeah you saw me in the towel when you were taking that picture of me in the towel to send her to make for the yeah 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 Yeah. a little behind the scenes there sleeves you know sleeves you know what I realized? Hmm. You and my dog are the same age. Wow. You might even be younger. Wow. I yeah. might be younger. I probably yeah. am. Yeah. She's thirteen. How close to how close to fourteen is she? Hmm. Her birthday is six six oh six. Hmm. So. I'm definitely she's like thirteen. I'm definitely younger. I'm closer to thirteen mm. than I am to fourteen. Yeah. And it sounds like yeah. she's a little closer to 14 than I am. Mm, yeah. yeah. Wow. These are these are significant moments to realize. I was thinking about that when, you know, when she gets healthy, I might have to change her exclamation point biscuit command to she's 13. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might as well. 
I mean, there's uh, from Bugopedia, there was rumor that, you know, there's a birthday coming up soon for East Sleeves. I mean, nobody knows when. I don't know. I mean, as long as it's, like... Very secretive. I've known you for a long time, you know, since you were, like, eight. And, yeah, you're very secretive about your birthday. I still don't know when it is. You just always tell me, like, your age when it's, you know, when I need to know. Well, yeah, I'm 13. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, maybe there will be a big event in the future, a party or something. Maybe it'll happen in the Sims world first. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm only 13. (laughs) I think maybe it would happen in the Sims world first. Yeah, yeah. Gonna keep that keep that secret. Scratchy, um, are are you gonna be at BugCon 2020? We pretty much ask everybody. Yes, I think the only reason why I haven't immediately bought tickets is twofold. So not one reason, two reasons. One is I'm scared of being the person who gives all my money to a cult Mm -hmm. because that's the path I'm seeing all my uh, buggling friends follow. Mm -hmm. And two is, um, (laughs) is two, just in case there is a major rift in the Slurp Fam bugiverse, I want to be extra careful because I listen to enough YKS. I know not to throw all my money onto those uh, crowdfunding platforms. Oh, so but this yeah, is a ba- cult. The base is in isn't the a- Yeah, I don't know if you guys know, but you're in a cult, and they did convince you to give them, like, all your money. Yeah, it's a cult. A cult with not enough money. We're looking for more members. Understand. Get your friends and anybody, your family, and yeah. What what is your cult leader giving you in return? Uh, I Bug mean, con. honestly, after you know, Sleeves and I did the telethon, raised some money for the cult. We're getting and bug then, you con. know, I mean, the the leader bug, bug con he, he did 2020. a stream. I mean, he, what more he, do you need? He 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 gives out you know plenty of information for you to soak up, and you just have to kind of be there for it. True. To be fair, I did give quite a bit and because i did get a free ticket i made sure to to essentially pay it back in the post bug con uh amex fund raising so oh yeah everybody not, knows you're doing your part we're gonna win you over I'm next time you're on here you're my money hardcore bugling and you're gonna be like just it's almost as much as jack am slurp fam status we'll see we'll see i'm such a hardcore slurp fam member it's hard to imagine um you know that he reigns r-e-i-g-n-s or whatever from heaven above like that hard uh, tell you're doing uh some stuff on bazizio plug uh whatever you uh what shows or you know if you want people to follow you on twitter or anything you have going on scratchy oh that's a good question um i and streaming at Scratchy Record, um, that's with an underscore between the words on Twitch. You know, I just do stuff every now and then. Um, I really just like hanging out with everybody. Like, I love everybody so much. I love the Slurp fam. Um, I had like no friends in LA and it's been like a godsend to have everybody to like hang out with in the mornings. And now a lot of these online friends are real life friends. And so, like, streaming is just a really cool way to get to play some games like I would anyways and just, like, get to also talk to some of my favorite people. 
So if anybody wants to hang out, like come hang out. If you don't, no big deal. Like everybody says my streams are very chill, which is very funny to me. Um, I guess I'm just boring is the real <laughs> answer, but I'll take it, whatever. If some people say it helps with their anxiety, so who knows, maybe I'll incorporate some things like knitting on stream um, for all you very anxious people out there who just want to stare at a stranger doing not much. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, come for the chat and stay for the chat. For sure. That's what it's always been about for me. Yeah. Well, this this was awesome, Scratchy. I mean, like you said, uh, Sleeves and I both met you through the chat in the Slurp fam, and, you know, Sleeves met you at BugCon. I haven't, but, you know, you still, we know you're a great person. It's It was cool to get to see something that you like and learn about this kind of uh, other TV show that I'm about to be obsessed with. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's been great getting to talk to you. Right on. Any thoughts, Sleeves? I don't know. It's great. It's great. It's always fun when uh, you know this this cult and this slurp fam. They've brought some pretty pretty cool people uh, together, and it's pretty amazing. And uh, we love you, each and every one of you. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Scratchy. I think we're gonna let you go and enjoy your evening. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>